Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. You're listening to Puck and Roll. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of Puck and Roll. My name is Patrick Lorty, filling in for everyone. I'm doing this solo today. It's not going to be a three-hour episode. Don't worry. And, of course, the main topic. Well, you know what? Let's talk about something else than hockey just for 30 seconds. Probably notice the intro music, of course, of the NWO. I just wanted to give a little shout-out to Scott Hall, who passed away, unfortunately, due to complications from surgery. Um, and, man, this guy was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Reza Ramon, chico. He was just something. And then when the evolution, turning into Skull Hall, creating the NW and WCW. Ah, those were the days, right? But speaking of days, today, recording time, 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. So you're probably listening to this uh, probably in the afternoon, I guess, hopefully. And um, we're waiting. We are playing the waiting game, us Montreal Canadiens fan. Ben Sherratt was a healthy scratch yesterday against the Arizona Coyotes, which is not exactly a practice that is, uh, you know, smiled upon by the National Hockey League. I mean, you see this very often in uh, in baseball, especially baseball. They, they would pull the guy out in the middle of a game when he's traded. It's absolutely unreal. But in hockey, well, you know what? We're calling this asset protection. We just don't want Ben Sherratt to be uh, injured. And you know what? Um, say what you want. I've been reading a lot of comments um, on social media. And, you know, for those of you who are following me on Twitter, um, it's 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 a little mind-boggling how people still want to keep Ben Sherratt. Uh, not saying that he's not a bad player, by all means. I mean, he's a, a, a good defenseman. He's a great, great leader, um, and he—it's um, just the—it's the, just the way things are right now. His 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 value is at the highest. He will, no doubt, fetch a first round pick or a first round prospect. Um, and uh, the reason behind it as well is no Ben Sherratt is—he's not Kale McCarr. He's not Quinn Hughes. You know, but like. There's a lot of experience and pedigree on his resume, and the reason also that he's going to be fetching that first-round pick is that John Klingberg is off the market uh, because of Miro Heiskanen's uh, injury in Dallas, and on Arizona and Arizona's end, excuse me, um, Jacob Chikrun is also uh, injured. So that's another big name off the market. So and now that Josh Manson uh, was traded from the. Uh, uh, Anaheim Ducks to the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, that's another big move where, you know, the least people available, the more value you get, 
gets up. So it's only a matter of time um, as to when Ben Sherratt will get traded. Chances are he might already be traded by the time you guys listen to this uh, podcast. And um, now the, the news as to where he's going to land, again, it's just speculation at, the, at this point. I mean, there's no clear favorite as to who is the uh, – as to who will land Ben Sherratt. I mean, there there has been rumors, of course. I mean, you know, especially if you're parading around Twitter, for that matter. Um, you know, there's someone started a false and there was a blockbuster deal with the St. Louis Blues. That's absolutely false. The Blues are in on Ben Sherrod. They're doing, they're making their due diligence. They have sent scouts, but they did not make uh, an official offer, as far as I know. The Pittsburgh Penguins have also emerged as. Um, someone who would like to uh, recruit Sherratt, the Florida Panthers, of course, the New York Rangers that we've been talking about forever. So, you know, it could go in, in so many different ways. We could either actually get a, another first-round pick um, or what I think is probably going to happen is that we might actually end up settling on a second or third-round pick but a high prospect as well, which I believe is what Ken Hughes is trying to do altogether. I mean, um, there's a lot of good prospects out there that can be available. No, Alexis Lafreniere will not be one of them. Um, I know a lot of people got you know pretty excited about the rumors that swirled around the last month about him being um, available. I personally even wrote about it on awinninghabit.com, but that's not happening. Uh, if the Rangers are to... Uh, obtain Sherratt and they have been waiting until the last minute because you know um, they're trying to figure things out on their end I mean they have a very young defensive core you know notably uh, with you know Keandre Miller, Braden Schneider, um, Adam Fox of course is only 24 years old, uh, Ryan Lindgren as well but they have a very very solid back end however you know adding uh, Ben Sherratt to protect Igor Shesterkin even more, who, by the way, has my vote for the Hart Trophy because his season is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so then it's going it's gonna to turn into who can we get from the Rangers. I mean, they do have a first-round pick available, uh, but um, it's almost no secret that Ken Hughes has been aiming for Vitaly Kravtsov, who is currently in the in the uh, KHL uh, playing for Tractor, Ch- Tractor Chili Bin... No, Christ, Chelia Binks. <laughs> Excuse me. Six goals, seven assists, 13 points in 19 games for uh, the Russian, um, which doesn't seem like all that amazing. However, this is someone with an insane amount of talent and has bounced around so many different levels um, of hockey in the last few years. Um, you know, like Russia has a lot of different levels. They have the KHL, they have the VHL, they have the MHL. Um, not to mention the international play that um, Kravtsov did uh, participate in. He did something in the AHL. So, I mean, you can't, you know, bolster your numbers that much. However, that being said, I mean, this kid is is amazing. Um, we're talking about um, a speedy, very tall, um, right wing. He's 6'3", but 183 pounds. But, you know, he's your typical Russian sniper for that matter. So, I mean... You know, there's a reason that the Rangers drafted him ninth overall in 2018 um, by Jeff Gordon, of all people. He is actually the one who signed into his entry-level contract in 2019. But um, it rem- again, it remains to be seen. You know, there's there's a lot, a lot of names that are out there uh, when it comes to Ben Sherratt. 
Now, did you watch the game against the Coyotes? A lot of people probably like, meh, I turned it off after a period. Some people probably even ignored it altogether um, because, well, it's the Coyotes, right? But the Coyotes are red hot. I mean, they won, what, 10 of their last 17 games, I believe, something like that. Um or even less, I don't remember. Uh, they're just really, really, really good right now. And uh, they did it again. They beat the Canadians 6-3 yesterday. But uh, funny enough, the um, highlight of the night has nothing to do with the Coyotes' uh, victory or you know the interesting decision Martin Saint-Louis took with four minutes left of the game and pulled... Um, Caden Primo, who was in relief for Samuel Montembeau after he let in five goals, um, and ended up, you know, scoring an empty net. The big news from yesterday's game was none other than Cole Caulfield. Man, is he good. Christ, is he good. I mean, for those who haven't seen it or living under a rock, because I doubt you have not at least heard about it, uh, before listening to this podcast, uh, Cole Caulfield scored two goals in eight seconds yesterday and just bang, bang plays. And it's so much fun to watch him because he's such an exciting player and an excitable personality as well. He's always smiling. He's always laughing. He's dancing around all over the place. And the players love him. Um, and no, it's not a record. Uh, the Canadian's record for quickest goal in history is uh, Pete Mahovlich. Uh, with five seconds, so <laughs> believe it or not, that uh, that record has not been broken, and you know it's it's, but it's still it's still incredible uh, seeing um, someone like like Caulfield just step up that way and go, you know, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. I am having fun. I don't have the balls and chains from Dominic Ducharme anymore, and that's that, you know. And that's another debate that, believe it or not. You know, people still talk about. You know, it's 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 absolutely incredible that. Um, I mean, you try you try to be respectful. I mean, Dominic Ducharme does, doesn't deserve to get you know his head bashed in or anything. I mean, he's still a professional. Uh, I wish him the best of luck. I mean, he, it's obviously going to take some time before he might even get a job in the NHL anymore. But you know, I've said it time and time again: when you have players like Cole Caulfield. Um, or even Nick Suzuki and Jonathan Drouet, for that matter, you can't tie them down to a you know rigorous system, right? Martin Sylvie talked talked a lot about concept, but right now I want to I just want to take two seconds to talk about the system because Dominic Duchamp has this mentality uh, ever since he was coaching the juniors, for that matter, where he controls every player almost as if it's a video game. You know, it's like it's. It almost seems like he's standing behind the bench with a, with a PlayStation or an Xbox remote, and he's playing NHL 22 or whatever. And um, you can't do that. You cannot do that. I mean, unless you have an, a system that everyone buys in and prove to everyone that it works. Perfect example would be uh, coaches like Jacques Martin in the past or Jacques Lemaire. Um, they play the trap like there was no tomorrow made for absolutely snoozing hockey, but when you have the right players and they buy into that kind of system and they realize that there's success behind it, it works. Duchamp's case, however, uh, it didn't work. And I'm not saying that he was necessarily proning the trap. He was just proning a, a system so convoluted and complicated that uh, 
players would get confused and they it just didn't work, right? Now, does that mean that the Stanley Cup finals last year would have turned out different? No, because Duchamp was not the one who brought the team to the finals. It was Corey Perry and Eric Stahl and to to an, to an extent Carey Price as well. Like the veterans stood up got Shea Weber's back and decided, no, 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 no. Like, this is not happening. We need to be playing better. We need to be playing the way we're supposed to be playing and pretty much ignored what Duchamp was trying to convey. And next thing you know, they're in the finals. So, I mean, it's 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 a system in which, you know, and this, is, and this goes for every coach that listens to this podcast as well or any kid who listens to this podcast. I mean, you have to let the players be free to a certain extent. You know, you can't have someone cherry pick, you know, up in the zone and just wait. And next thing you know, it's a constant on man rush from uh, on, on your own end. However, you need to let the more talented players express themselves in a way that they can have some success. And cold coffee is exactly that. Um, you know, you don't take a guy who is a natural scorer and who's played, the same position his entire life, uh, in the same way he has always played his entire life, and suddenly ask him to play defensively. You can't do that. You know, if he, if the guy's going to be your best scorer, then let him score. Don't let him, you know, take def- defensive zone faceoffs and just you know wait for something to happen because you're just you're just wasting his talent in the, in that case, right? I mean, you can. If you have the likes of Nick Suzuki with you, who's you know an excellent two-way forward, um, you know, but at least you understand there's the chances of of creating a rush. That being said, again, uh, it's 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 just a matter of letting the players be themselves in a way that is um, not only encouraging for the player itself, but it also shows trust to the team. And this is exactly what Martin Saint Louis is doing. He's trusting his players with the talent that they have, you know? You wouldn't ask uh, Cole Caulfield to play the way Josh Anderson plays, right? Cole Caulfield's not a power forward. He's a sniper. It's just, just, that's just a fact of life. You're not going to ask Paul Byron to suddenly play 25 minutes a night. He can't. You know, Paul Byron, he's, you know, your depth forward who's going to play fourth line minutes, maybe third line minutes in a pinch and, and mostly work on the on the, the penalty kill and use his wheels as an advantage, but, you know, the same goes for Arturi Lekkonen. You can use him in any situation you want, but don't burn him by, you know, making a play on the first line and getting power play minutes and expecting to score 50 goals because he can't do that. He is used mostly in defensive zone purposes, but at the same time can give you a little bit of, of spark when you're trying to um, go up offensively. So, again, it's it's a matter of development, of course, um, because, jeez, oh, this has been an issue for years now. It's about time that the Canadians come into the 21st century and starts creating a proper uh, player development program. But what we've been seeing, and yesterday was another testament, is that the players are buying into the new coach's uh, concept, like he likes to call it. Um, and it, it, it's a great view of the future at the same time. Uh, that meaning that, you know, the players will buy in to this kind of concept to a point where it might attract other players. It might attract free agents. 
it might encourage the youngsters who are coming out, guys like Caden Gooley or Matthias Norlander or even Jesse Ilanen for that matter, to perform the way they can perform. And we're seeing that also with a guy like Rem Pitlick, you know, who's turning into another Paul Byron story with being one of the more successful waiver pickups. This kid has a career in front of him, you know, and and, and if Dominique Duchamp was still coaching, I doubt that Rem Pitlick will play as good as he is now. And I doubt, of course, that Cole Coffey wouldn't score as often as he is now. So you can't tie everybody down to um, such a rough system and just, you know, choke them to death. So where does that lead us? We still got a couple of games to play uh, before the uh, trade deadline. We got tomorrow, Thursday against the Dallas Stars, and then Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. Monday, we're facing the Bruins, but it's a 7 p.m. game, and the trade deadline is on Monday the 21st at 3 p.m. So who's going to leave? Who's going to stay? There's so much writing on um, Ben Sherratt uh, in terms of what are we going to get as a return. But again, uh, you know, Brett Kulak might go, you know, like I like Brett Kulak. I think he's a very serviceable defenseman, but he is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if teams come a knocking and start offering maybe like a third or fourth round pick, which, you know what, at this point might as well take it because you just want to, you just want to stack up as much as possible, especially when you got. You know, guys like Caden Cooley who's knocking at the NHL door. Corey Schooneman has been very impressive. And it could easily take Kulak's spot on the left side of the of the defense along with Joel Edmondson and the Alexander Romanov. Now, um, in terms of Lekkonen. Now, Arturi Lekkonen has also been rumored in a lot of trades for the last couple of weeks. Notably with Washington Capitals. Uh, a lot of talk about the Canadians getting Ilya Samsonov. Um, and also uh, even looking at Carl Hagelin in order to just, you know, uh, even out the cap space for the, for, for the Capitals. That's apparently not happening. Um, now, for first and foremost, Jake Allen is scheduled to come back maybe as early as uh, Thursday against Dallas, all depending on how um, practice goes this morning. Uh, practice at noon on a Wednesday. And um, it's it's... Ken Hughes actually went out and said that Arturi Lekkonen is part of the culture. He's part of the solution, so to speak, with the Montreal Canadiens. And if teams want to talk, it starts with a first-round pick. So, I mean, you guys know as much as I do that Arturi Lekkonen does not deserve to be traded for a first-round pick. No offense to him. So it's not going to happen. So I, I truly believe that at this point, especially that Ken Hughes has come out and, and say, unless someone is crazy enough to offer a first-round pick, he's going to get re-signed. He is a restricted free agent. Now, the question is going to be, how much do you re-sign him as? You know? How much is, is Arturi Lekkonen worth? I mean, is he worth Joel Armia money? Like, what, $3.5, $3.8 million a year or something? Um, or do you try to get something in between? I mean, obviously, he's making, what, like $2.5 I believe? And if you're trying to balance maybe in the middle, you know, it would be cool if we can get it for 2.8, 2.9. But I don't think, I don't think he's going to get anything under $3 million. Uh, it's going to get anything between 3 and 3.5 uh, on a three-year deal, I would say. 
Um, four years will probably be a stretch, but I think it's going to come down to about that. It's going to be three times 3.5, which is still a good salary um, and manageable as well. Uh, unless, of course, he falls down to the abyss, gets injured all the time, and ends up being a bad contract, like a little bit like Paul Byron was given. Um, that's another story. But you know what? Given his services and the fact that he's such a coach's dream, um, would not be surprised if he does that. Signs for like three, three point five million or, or around three years. Four if the agent is very, very generous. But that's that's another thing. And on another topic, Jeff Petrie is the other name that's been floating around. I don't, I still don't believe that Petrie is going to get traded at the deadline. Um, the news on him is very, very quiet. Uh, he has stated that he would still like to play Montreal. I think Jeff Petrie is going to get traded in the offseason just because of his uh, contract. Um, you know, $6 million plus um, is a lot of money to put onto a salary cap, especially with a flat cap, meaning that the salary cap is going to be remaining the same uh, next year. So pff, forget it. Uh, if if it does happen, it's going to be in the offseason and a bad contract is going to have to come back. Too much term, too much money. Um, even if Jeff Petrie has, you know, started playing a lot better ever since um, uh, the firing of Dominic Duchamp, but make no mistake, his reputation is toast right now because of the way that he's he's been handling everything. Um, we've said this in past episodes, and everybody knows about this as well. And for anybody who's been reading my articles on a winning habit, um, pff, no, he's <laughs> you don't. You don't start sulking around when, when, when you're not happy. You know, it's like you're still a professional. You're paying paid oodles of money to play hockey. Uh, you don't start sulking and demand trades and start playing sarcasm with, with the media. And then all of a sudden, when you change coaches, oh, wow, I'm happy again. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to show a little bit of professionalism. And, you know, it is it is what it is, right? You know, it's, it's yeah, you can complain about your boss. I mean, everyone complains about their boss. But doing so publicly and doing so in a way that um, hurts your performance, it hinders, it hinders your, your reputation. And in the end, Petrie might actually be traded for lesser value. So, but again, I'm pretty sure that the new management, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, has spoken with Petrie. And we'll uh, come to a decision as to what the future with the Montreal Canadiens is. All right, let's do a little bit of prospect talk just for a minute or two. So, you know what? Let's play that music again. The prospect heroes Scott and Sebastian on Puck and Roll. I just love Back to the Future. This is so perfect. No, Scott and Sebastian are not part of this segment. I'm doing this again by myself. But I just want to take two seconds and uh, lay out my mea culpa and start eating my hat <laughs> with Joshua Hua, who last week I was saying that, eh, you know what? I mean, he's good, but I don't know how that's going to translate. But you know what? There's an article that was released uh, yesterday on ADHL.com written by Marc Dumont. He's a special contributor for uh, Canadians.com. And this the article is is really, really amazing. It's um, talking about Joshua Roy and the fact that 
you know, he completely changed his attitude towards the game of hockey itself. Uh, when the first overall pick, um, you know, came and he was picked, he came in and he wasn't even in, in shape. You know, he was kind of just re- relying on his talent alone and just coasting. And but, you know, finally someone came up to him and said, hey, you're not in shape. You know, like when he, he came to Sherbrooke, they were like, you know, the strengthening coach and said, you know what, you're lagging everywhere and you're a you're a red flag. And that kind of woke woke him up. And then the so the coaching staff, you know, um really, really put a lot of em- uh, emphasis on, and I quote, fostering a positive, nurturing environment. Uh, it was Wall himself who took the first step on the road to excellence. He asked his coaches to devise a d- development plan that would keep him on the straight and narrow. And then what happens? Well, 32 goals, 52 assists in 43 games. You know, he's on pace for a 49-goal and 80-assist uh, pro-rated season. Uh, again, according to Marc Dumont. I mean, he he he's still pushing. He's still developing. He's still, you know, aiming to one day make the AHL and the NHL. And he even says in the article that his dream would be to play with the youth movement of Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, which, you know, if, if he does, um, you know, um, develop into the player that he can be, uh, man, the, the future is really, really bright, you know, but... You know, and again, we saw him at the game yesterday. He was um, presented to the crowd with uh, with other prospects from the uh, from the queue, and um, he's yeah. I mean, you know, I'm probably gonna have to eat my hat at some point because, man, like he's he's really 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 good. And again, it shows well, it shows maturity for one thing, but at the same time, hey man, <laughs> it's it's a matter of understanding what a player development program is, you know, because guys in the past who've complained that, Hey, you know, there was not much of a program guys like Victor Mete has spoken about it. Yes. Barry spoke out about it and it probably burned a couple of seasons in their career just because of that. I mean, you know, kudos to Roy for, you know, waking, waking up, but at the same time, if this was ignored, and he still, you know, kind of just coasted on his talent, then he probably not, might never make the National Hockey League. But since he is, well, you know what? Best of luck to him. And, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely keeping a keen eye on the rest of the season for sure. this point uh this is where joshua rosa would show up and give you on this day in history uh, you know what i'm gonna do it this time <laughs> uh josh actually posts uh now on a winning habit as well and um i'm just gonna read it straight off the website for wednesday march 16th so let's cue the wonderful music oh yeah very smooth well i'm no i'm no professor rosa but let's try this on this day, the year of our Lord, 1961, Bernard Boom Boom Geoffrion scored his 50th goal of the 60-61 season. It was only the second time that had been accomplished, the first being, of course, Maurice Richard in 1944-1945. March 16th, 
actually has a long history of being the date of the 50th goal of someone's season was scored. What with it being late in the season and all, Johnny Buick did it in 1971 as a member of the Bruins. Mike Bossy did it in 1980, his third of nine straight 50-goal seasons. And finally, Rick Cahoe of the Pittsburgh Penguins scored his 50th on March 16, 1981. Also, incredibly, the Montreal Canadiens game against the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1961 wasn't just notable for Jean-Fréon's 50th goal. It was also the game that Jean Béliveau registered his 57th and 58th assist on the season. That broke the record of most assists in the season set by Bert Olmsted in 1955-56. In 1966, Beliveau was part of another record breaker combined with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dave Keon, Ralph Backstrom and Jean Beliveau twice scored in just 65 seconds for the quickest four goals combined from two teams. The flurry did the Maple Leafs no favors as the Canadians ultimately won 7-2. And if that wasn't enough... Bellow recorded his 15th career hat-trick in 1968 as the Canadians beat the Penguins 6-4. Alright, that's all I got for now. Uh, I mean, I think, I think a 30-minute show is enough, right? About blabbered enough in your ear? No? Okay. I, did I do okay? I, hopefully I did. Make sure to check us out at puckandroll.com. If ever you want to listen to the old episodes, we're available everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We are everywhere you want to find us. Now, also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. If ever you want to be a part of the show, you have any comments, send us an email, puckandroll at gmail.com. Thanks, of course, to everyone on the staff, Sebastian Highscott, Cowan, Joshua, Rosa, Anthony DeMarco, who you know, who aren't here, but I'm still sending some love. So, love you guys. <laughs> so, hopefully, by the time you, re- you listen to this podcast, we uh, finally traded Ben Sherratt. And so, uh, next week, we're definitely going to be going over the trade deadline in absolute detail so once again thank you very much for taking the time to listen to another episode of puck and roll we will see you next week peace Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 